vertebrates were asked about their favourite patients. I doubt very many would say intervertebrate, let alone insects. However, insects do play quite an important role in our food production and are also discussed as a probably environmentally more sustainable way of producing protein for human consumption as well as for animal feed. To find out a little bit more about insects, I'm talking to lifelong insect enthusiast Nick Stace. Can you tell us more about it? Yes, I, I don't exactly know where the passion came from. It was just in me uh, and um, I decided to go studying. I, de- I decided to go um, to study uh, biology in Wageningen. So I'm an agricultural engineer, uh, only to study insects. So I have the basis of the biology study, but I specialized in entomology. And I have to say that I never regretted that, that choice. Which role do insects play in our food system and which other roles do they have? There are uh, numerous uh, roles. Well, where can I start? Uh, let, let's start by my experience. My, my first job after my graduation was I worked for a company, trading company looking for products worldwide to control insects. And why control insects? Because they have uh, sometimes the same menu as people have. So they eat our vegetables. And what we did with the company, we were looking for products to control them. And you, of course, chemicals, but the purpose of the, for the company was to look for biological control. So you look for ins- other insects who are the enemies of the insects who are eating your crop. Or you look for uh, mites or fungus or uh, etc. So there's the role that insects eat your crops. There um, are also insects eating those insects, as I told you. And there is an industry around that. So that's what I've what I already knew after graduating, that there was an upcoming industry in the early 90s, uh, even before that, of insects being produced and made into a product to control insects in greenhouses, for instance, or outside in crops. So that's another role. Then in the late 80s or early 90s, there was a development in the horticulture business in Western Europe. Actually, they they invented or they found that uh, bumblebees could pollinate tomatoes, which was a revolution for the industry because nobody had thought about that before. Of course, everybody, everybody's first question those days was, why not honeybees? Because honeybees are, are used ages for ages uh, as a pollinator. But there are a few reasons why. But uh, long story short, it was a very successful invention and it became a major industry worldwide. Around that, uh, it, it, it became a product which was very known in that industry in combination with biological control and because it's not control it's pollination but it became a whole um, as a as a company you needed to have both to have a whole package so that's another role a pollinator and what i now describe described is all about uh, uh, commercial agriculture but all these roles insects also play in nature uh, they eat crops uh, they are being eaten uh, they eat other animals uh, so they are a part of the what you call the the, um, the ecosystem the food chain, uh, they play uh, major roles in, in, all, in, 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 in many food chains. Uh, think about mosquitoes who uh, eat other insects just to survive. Uh, and if they don't, then you have another insect becoming a plague or a pest, whatever, uh, etc. So that's, uh, that, that are roles. Another role I can think of now is, is where I work for now, Protifarm. We use it, we produce mealworm in, in, in high volumes and we take out the proteins process them to make them into um, appreciated protein as an alternative to regular proteins which are used now in meat. So that's another one. Um, 
I think there are even more, which I, I just not come up right now, but uh, there are many more roles uh, insects play. You just mentioned tomatoes. How is it done elsewhere in the world? Elsewhere, um, uh, also still uh, uh, maybe by hand, but but uh, what is you and and what was done in in Europe before uh, it was uh, the use of hormones. So you uh, you spread hormones, uh, uh, you either spray them or you even smear them over the the branches of the trash, and the hormone goes to the flower, and the flower then thinks it's uh, pollinated. So you get a you get a fruit setting, which is done without pollination. And the result of that is that you have a tomato with less seed and uh, with less juice. So uh, that's perceived in this part of the world as, le- as, as an inferior quality. Uh, it was not an option anymore uh, for a long time already in this part of the world, but there are still parts of the world where they use hormones to pollinate, or so to say pollinate, it was an artificial pollination, uh, the, the flowers or the tomatoes. And as long as the consumer does accept that, that inferior quality, then, then I think growers will still do that, unless the governments uh, of those countries or the, uh, ban uh, those hormones. Which other fruit and vegetable do we owe to insect pollination? Uh, many, uh, many. If uh, Commercially, if you take it only commercially, it's, 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 uh, it's all those, many of those crops who need pollination, you can use insects for that, especially in the seed, base, in the seed production uh, it's used. If you look for uh, larger crops like like uh, like the fruits, uh, peppers, tomatoes, cucumber, then you can use uh, bumblebees for for let's say for 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 tomatoes. Again, peppers, aubergine, eggplant, uh, zucchini. Well, zucchini a bit. But if you look in nature, of course, there are many crops uh, which are not being pollinated if uh, there won't be insects. To the, the pollinating industry in the agricultural business, how do I have to imagine it? Do you just have bumblebees living in your greenhouse what you do is it's it's very simple actually it's a it, that's that's part of the reason of the success of bumblebees is it's it's a very convenient product for the for the consumer for the for the user for the grower he buys actually a hive let's say you have you are a grower and you have one hectare of tomatoes and you need pollination what you did before bumblebees um, um, because it's it's protected crop it doesn't uh, there's no wind in the greenhouse so you have a problem there because tomato uh, flowers are pollinated by wind so uh, you need to make uh, the, the wind actually the vibration to let loose the the pollen uh, which then comes on the female flower and then pollinates so what growers did in uh, in, uh, in in this part of the world they run a trash of of, of tomato flowers every uh, or let's say three times a week and hit it by a vibrator and then uh, pollen comes loose and the vibra- and the pollination was was organized very efficient, but very expensive labor, uh, very labor intensive, so very expensive in these parts of the world. Bumblebees uh, showed that they would be as effective as those people running around with the vibrators in a greenhouse. It was really a, a revolution. And then competition made it very interesting for the growers because uh, the price went down tremendously uh, by competition. So at the end, uh, growers were pollinating their uh, their crops by a fraction of the cost as before uh, when it was uh, labor by done by labor. So yeah, that was a great success. Uh, so the grower buys a hive and he needs, let's say, on a hectare he needs um, 30, 40 hives per year. So not you don't you do not just buy uh, 30 or 40 hives per per in one time, but you let's say you start with six, and every second week you put new hives in the greenhouse and at the end you have used uh, for a whole season you have used 30 40 hives to pollinate all your crops on that hectare a bumblebee hive has a a, a restricted lifetime uh, it, it it just lives one year and actually the the, the adult bees uh, the adult bumblebees live only for let's say a few months the queen lives for one year 
end of the year, queen dies. In, in that colony, new queens have arisen and uh, fly out, find a mate. They mate. Uh, How do they find a mate in the greenhouse? Yeah, they can. They by just flying around and see if you find a, a male. Oh. And of course, they have ways to to find each other. Uh, the, the male is waiting, and and the queen is flying, and 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 there are tricks and and to to, to find each other, and they will succeed in that. But in the, of course, in the greenhouse, it's a problem for them to hibernate. Uh, because hibernation, uh, uh, this particular bumblebee, which is used uh, for pollination, does do it in the in the soil or under, under a lot of uh, uh, dead leaves or whatever, or maybe in a, in a mouse hole. And everything dies at the end of the year, except in that that new queen who has been mated. That survives winter. So in early, early spring, those queens uh, wake up, come out of their uh, the place they, are, they, they overwintered, and then uh, look for a place to uh, start a, a new colony. And that's what you do as a producer. You organize that all in a uh, commercial environment, in an industrial environment. And how do you keep your bumblebees healthy? By giving them the best food you can imagine. <laughs> that's, how, that's one thing. To organize the climate in an optimal, that they have optimal climate in, in all phases of, of their cycle. Because you have winter, you have uh, spring, you have summer, etc. Uh, so you need to organize that. You organize uh, the, your production in such a way that you avoid diseases to spread. You can do it in several ways. Uh, you check your, your, your bumblebees regularly on health. How do you get a knowledgeable bumblebee producer? Are there courses or how do you know to look after your bumblebee hive? That was by trial and error and because uh, when this was invented, nobody knew how to grow uh, bumblebees in, on large scale. All those companies, and they were, uh, let's say, what I know in the early days, there were like five to, to, to six companies doing that. And they all kept it inside, uh, internal. It was very secret because it, it was all new. After a few years, only a few were left of those. Uh, maybe, maybe it was even 10 companies, I don't know, but only a few were left over. And they were so successful and, and so uh, successful in production as well as, as, as upscaling and also successful in getting down the cost price that at the end uh, they were a bit more free to show everybody the, the knowledge or the know-how uh, because they were so much ahead, so far ahead of the rest that uh, that, that would be uh, uh, unrealistic to expect that somebody else could start a bumblebee company just like that. So now we, we know more, uh, with, there are still secrets, but we know more about how to grow bumblebees uh, uh, for commercial use. And what are common diseases that bumblebee get? You can think of well, several things. You can think of melitobia, it's a, it's a, it's a parasitic wasp. Uh, so So it's a parasite. You can uh, think of predators who eat uh, parts of, uh, of, of the cycle of a bumblebee that can be eggs, that can be the larvae or the pupae or even the adult. Uh, think about mites. They live externally, some live intern uh, internally in the, in, in the bumblebee. Do they get varroa mites? Uh, not the varroa, it's no. They they don't get the uh, varroa. They get um, they have an apis that's uh, that. Let me say, uh, I have to think. Ah, it's been too long now that I that I can't <laughs> come up with it. But they don't have varroa, but they have something uh, something uh, not similar. But uh, there are mites internal living in in bumblebees, which you don't want. You have viruses, you have bacteria. I think even that uh, that the knowledge uh, even up today is is only limited about all all diseases a, a bumblebee can suffer from. Uh, we are still. Uh, gaining knowledge on that. I think that's in general for biological control. All those insects and, and, and mites which are normally uh, uh, mentioned in the same in the same line are, and which are mass produced, they can all they can suffer from diseases which are just all mentioned and we still know only at a very limited number of it. Yeah, I can imagine it's also really difficult because once a hive gets a disease, it spreads very quickly through the hive. And through the hive, yes, but uh, but there we are in the in the in the 
fortunate circumstances that you um, that you can uh, control it by the hive itself because yeah. it's in a locks in it's 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 in an isolated packing yeah. that makes it more that makes it easy if it was a of, of course not if you have a, an, a, a a disease which can be airborne then you have a problem in your production yes or a parasitic wasp which can fly yeah. you can have a major problem uh, but most of the diseases I know, are, um, you can even, uh, I don't know if you know the method for, which is used for um, American fallbrood mm-hmm. uh, uh, stamping out. Yeah. You can also do that by, with yeah. bumblebees stamping yeah. out the whole, uh, whole uh, you, can, you can just um, destroy all the, 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 the hives which are ill. And with that, you can get rid of a disease. Yeah, because there are presumably no medications licensed apart from parasite control even if not licensed we don't even know them yet about what you can do for certain uh, diseases yeah and even if you think of diagnostics i can imagine if you send in bumblebees that you have a lot of secondary bacterial overgrowth so you don't know is is that really the cause or is it just secondary true very true yeah yes that's yes i find it fascinating because the same principle applies wherever you keep lots of animals together. Mm-hmm. If it's a hive yes. or a stable, even a kindergarten, where yes. lots of individuals yes. are close together, yes. diseases spread uh, very easily. True, that's yeah. true. We, all, we also take advantage of that, by the way, because you can imagine if you have a crop in a greenhouse, which is a, a monoculture, which is very yeah. sensitive for anything from outside, uh, like a pest, and a pest likes that because, you know, it can fly around and everything where, where it lands, it's a crop, which uh, the pest can eat. Uh, the, yet what we do there is next to insects we also can try to control them with fungi for one uh, that fungus can kill a pest in a greenhouse but that fungus can also kill your biological control uh, product in your rearing uh, so it's 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 a nice and interesting complex world now if we um, leave the pollination and you were mentioning insects in food and feed production yeah. where we're not using them to deliver crops for us but to eat them yes can you tell us a bit more about this industry and how it started to develop? Yes, the the, the idea, of course, is is also I think as old as as as, as humankind is uh, to eat insects. But the idea of uh, using uh, or producing uh, uh, insects or uh, and and for us we we always say we we don't produce the insects we produce insect protein. The idea really got in this part of the world really got um, attention. Uh, in the early 2000, uh, let's say 2005 or six, when um, Arnold van Huys from Wageningen, a tropical entomologist, came back from his uh, so much the, uh, trip, and always uh, when he came back, he was uh, claiming, you know, we should eat insects. But then he came back home and with that same story. But then the FAO just uh, published a, a report about uh, the, gr- the growing uh, world population and the lack of protein. So that came together. And next to that, uh, insects were expected uh, uh, to also be a very sustainable protein. So that was another motivation, you know, to pay attention to it. And it got ground after many years of, uh, of, of, of lobbying, etc. And we are now in a situation that it, uh, a few years ago, it really, really got at, uh, attention from EC, from the national government. So it was, uh, all our kind of initiatives were funded to, to, to try to see if it was a potential uh, new industry as an alternative to to to, to cattle feed uh, protein and why do they claim it's sustainable uh, there are a few reasons for that it's uh, uh, sustainable because uh, the the food conversion is uh, much interesting than from for other cattle I wouldn't say for chicken but then for uh, for yeah, pigs and for cows yes uh, less water usage less square meter usage less greenhouse gas production 
uh, you name it. That's that's all interesting. Of course, it's, they use in, we use uh, energy. Uh, we have to heat uh, uh, the whole production uh, uh, unit. Uh, but in 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 uh, all over, I think the the, the I know the, the footprint is much more interesting than from all the other protein which are um, produced at, at this moment. And in terms of insect management, insect welfare, what do we know? Because it's a relatively young industry, so are there any guidelines or regulations on how housing should look like or how your staff should be trained? Can you be an insect caretaker, for example? Yes and no. We, there are no regulations so far. Uh, I think the industry is, is, is trying to treat uh, the insect sentient, uh, sentient species yeah. as long as we don't know what they uh, experience. And uh, I think it's very complicated now to talk about insect welfare and what, what their welfare is, as, lo as, as long as we don't know what actually they can perceive as stress or pain. Uh, we we sh first should should answer those questions. Try to try to solve those problems, or, or what you call uh, to to um, to investigate what do they what do they really uh, um, experience, what are they able to experience, before we can answer questions as uh, as uh, how should we treat them. I think we have a, an unwritten uh, agreement that as long as we don't know, we will treat them as again as sentient uh, species. That's what we try to do. In insects, you keep a lot of animals in one box. So yes. how do you start off? How do you determine how many can go in a box? How do you determine temperature? That's a good question. And all those... Uh... <laughs> That's an interesting question. It's, it's indeed a very topic. It's, it's very much a topic in this company. But of course, it's, it's also commercially driven or economically driven, as you want to say it maybe. You want to have the optimal number of, uh, of animals in a box to get a, a, good, uh, um, a good return out of a box. And of course, what you don't want is, uh, is dead animals in your box. So with that, you, you, it's, it's, it's twofold. If, if, you, if uh, you, you're trying to, to, to rear them uh, um, as efficient as possible, so as many in the box as possible, but of course there is an optimum because you can have too many in there. Uh, so how do you do that? You, 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 you just compare different uh, densities and see what, what the, the harvest is. And if the harvest is, 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 is good, then it's okay. And if it, uh, after the above the or beyond the optimum, uh, you will have different harvest. And that means also that you have less healthy mealworms. I won't say then that I'm sure that, that the optimum is the best welfare for the animal. I can't say that because I, I, we, we can't ask the mealworm. We have to first find out what, what they can experience again, as I said before. What are the most common species that you use in protein production? And what is known about those species? Mealworms are used a lot if you talk about uh, insects for food, so human consumption. Uh, and then we typically uh, produce the, uh, the lesser mealworm, the small one. Uh, but if you look to all those farmers who have uh, an empty stable and, uh, and decide to, to fill it up with mealworms, they will choose for the tenebrio, which is the large one. You will uh, go for, for, for the feed industry, then you will see more and more uh, the black soldier fly used. Uh, that's because the black soldier fly uh, that's a, a bit different model. Black soldier flies is, uh, is very popular and very good in, in, in um, uh, upgrading rest streams into a higher uh, valued uh, protein. So uh, they are focusing on, on the feed because uh, uh, maybe in the future, but not now, uh, uh, food will not be interested in, 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 in rest streams which are, uh, as an image, you know, they, they, they can be 
if you tell people that they that they are they are their protein they are eating is made of rest streams of whatever agricultural activity then they would not might not be not accepted but they f they focus on feed like at the moment it's allowed in uh, certain in chicken industry uh, but then as a, as a whole live uh, uh, insect but also uh, the, the processed one is used in uh, in fish food or fish feed actually okay. need not fish food uh, so that are the two most most in the at least in Europe the most used uh, insects for 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 uh, insect for protein production what are you proud of what you have achieved with protein farm and for the whole insect sector what I'm very proud of is, uh, is, uh, and we still have to 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 uh, to prove it more uh, that that we that insects indeed are um, that you can use them to produce a, a, a sustainable protein. Really, we can be a part. We, we will not we will not solve the protein problem in the world, I think, but we can be a part of the sol solution. Really, and that's what about what yeah. Of course, uh, my first interest in the industry is because of insects, but then to be able to work in this industry where you really uh, work at, uh, at the future of, of, of the food industry, uh, I think it's, uh, I can be proud of that or we can be proud of that. And what kind of challenges? I mean, we've already cut on uh, animal behavior and stuff like yes. that. And yep. what, what kind of challenges would you say that you, that you see facing this industry? There are a few challenges which I see in this industry, uh, of course, to uh, produce uh, a high quality protein uh, for in, 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 in a stable quality, in a, uh, uh, in a good volumes, uh, so, uh, uh, and uh, for, a good, for a good price. Also very important, you cannot just ask any price you like, uh, so you have to compete. And uh, a challenge is to, the processing is also a challenge, you know, to get the protein out of the insect and in such a way that the uh, food industry accepts it and to work with uh, in their products. Because we don't make, uh, we ourselves as Protifarm, we don't make hamburgers, we don't make meatballs. Uh, that's what we look for, uh, corporations with food industry. And if you had one thing that you could change now in terms of the whole sector, how it works, what would that be? Mm, good question. Interesting. Mm, what would I change? I, I would change, the, or I would uh, like to know what insects experience. I would look. I would like to know what what about their well well being. If the answer is uh, they f don't feel anything, we are lucky in the sense of that we don't have to come up with different solutions. But if we would know what they would feel, then we can work out solutions. So that's a challenge, uh, and another challenge, of course. If, I mean, uh, I would uh, I would change the law, the the, the, the food law in, in Europe. I would change, of course. That makes us, our, our life also more easy. It will change at the end, but uh, I would speed it up. We paid a visit to the production hall, and first we went through the hygiene area and changed clothes and disinfected. And then we entered the hall. And be aware, it's going to be a little bit noisy. And now we've made a change and we're in the stable, or production hall, as they call it. What do we see? Well, what you see is actually the picture on the website. Uh, you see those green crates on, uh, on pallets, and that's what you see here. And you can see on the website also that we have a hall full with crates, and we have robots collecting the crates, bring them to the front, because in the hall, uh, nobody will enter. It's climate controlled, and uh, nobody's there, because it's also dangerous, because there's a robot running around with pallets, brings it to the front, and in the front, all the men, uh, the, 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 all the labor is done, like feeding, selecting, starting of production, uh, air collection, etc. That's what you see here. 
Now we've reached the next stage and we're actually checking the larvae. So what, what are we looking for? Um, well, you're looking for, uh, um, of course, live larvae. You want to see them crawl. They are here in, in, in a crate with two, three kilos of larvae. And you want to see the, the right color. So a little uh, chestnut brown, so to say. It, you can smell uh, if it's okay. It smells uh, not really typical, but, but a bit nutty. You don't want to smell oxidized uh, larvae or you don't want to see black dead larvae. You don't want to see beetles in there. You don't want to see pupae. And the size of the larvae has to be of a certain uh, size, of a certain uh, measurement. And if I look at this crate now, I see them all crawling around. But if I look at this crate there, it's much stiller. So how, how is that? What you see now here in this uh, crate, uh, it's, it's a bit covered with, uh, with uh, skins of uh, the larvae when they molt. They, you know, whenever they molt, they, they lose uh, their skin. They, and that, it's very light and it, it covers the, the, the top of this uh, bunch of larvae, this crate. And if so, if you blow over it, you can see it's all fl flying oh, up. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 the, it's the famous kitten, where we also think there is a, 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 a suitable product, but that's for later. Most vets, there's still a lot of open questions with regards to health and welfare of insects that are used in feed and food production and other businesses. And then there's also the role of us veterinarians in public health. Can insects be carriers for potential pathogens for humans? How would you possibly do a post-mortem inspection in a tiny worm? And also bearing in mind the fact that you would need about 35 million mealworms to replace, in brackets, one cow. So there's still a lot to be learned, which can pose an exciting opportunity for veterinarians. I've also asked Nick on what he would say to veterinary students. Of course, I cannot say like you just you should like insects, <laughs> but if you, because it, it, for me it's an it's 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 I think it's genetic that I, the reason I like them I don't know it may be the same as yeah, for yeah. you, um, but um, if you as a vet because I think there is a is a as a challenge also for vets here, if you want to become a, a, a part of the of, of a new industry uh, and I think a very promising industry. This is an industry to go for. Uh, working with animals, very typical uh, animals, different from, from, from the regular uh, mammals. Uh, it, it, it will also be different, different work from, from what a regular vet is doing at the, the, these days, because uh, it's not, uh, you're not operating animals. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a different world, but it's a very interesting world, I would say. Uh, everything you, um, you experience in the next uh, decades is new. It's all new. You're the first one to, one of the first one to experience. If you're interested in research, there's still lots of opportunity as well in diseases, yep. health management of insects, yes. ethical questions, welfare questions. Right. How can it's, we translate yes. research that we get into yes. regulations or yep. um, best code practices, right. things like that? Yeah, that's true. It's, I think all fields of, uh, of science or all fields of this, bin, of this industry of, are new. There's a lot to, to be discovered, also for vets. If you wanted to find out more about Protifarm and their products, you could go and visit their website, which is www.protifarm.com and on www.insectdoctors.eu they advertise PhD projects all regarding research in health and welfare of insects. Thank you very much and have a lovely day.